So the reading for today, Grandma. <laughs> um, last week, the uh, reading from John was, we started John 15 and went through verses uh, 8. I'm going to reread that today and go on for the reading of today, which is 9 and following, uh, for this reason. Uh, when John, in this discourse of Jesus, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, but especially in John, it's hard to tell where one thought ends and another begins. In fact, it's hard to tell when John ends a sentence and starts another one. It's just a very flowing, kind of poetic kind of writing. So, we'll start at John 15 and read to uh, verse uh, 17. This is the word of God, so please listen. Jesus is saying to his disciples, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I loved you. Now, remain in my love. If you obey my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you this, so that, you may, so that my, joy, my joy may be in you and your joy complete. My commandment is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do as I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friend. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love one another. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks, and we ask that your Spirit give our hearts discernment and wisdom so that we might grow in the Spirit and you might be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. So Jesus looks at his disciples. Now there's, he's speaking to 12 people. He's the apostles. This is still the, Lord, the Last Supper. So he's speaking to 12 people, and he says, I call you friend. Now, I have just shy of 200 friends. That's verifiable. I looked on Facebook. Now, <laughs> something's going on. Either I am better than Jesus because I have more friends than he had 12, I have just shy of 200, or we are losing the meaning of friend. I kind of lean in that direction. And that's what I want to speak about today. 
I want to look at Jesus as the example of friendship because Jesus is, is the uh, example and the paradigm for what all, everything really, but what friendship is to be. Jesus says, I am the true vine. I want to extrapolate that and say Jesus is not only the true vine, Jesus is the true friend. And in our, in our overly technological society, where we feel like we're connected all the time, the reality is we are becoming increasingly disconnected, we are becoming increasingly lonely, and we are losing the art, the skill, and perhaps the gift of what it means to be friend. So that's what I want to speak about this morning. I want to look to Jesus as the prime example of friendship, his love, his friendship toward us, our friendship back toward Jesus, and in that friendship, his to us and us to Jesus, how that overflows on a horizontal level into our friendship with other people, what it means to be friend. Now, I want to highlight from this passage six virtues that are absolutely essential to friendship. Now, there's more. We can talk about friendship a lot, but these six virtues from the passage that are absolutely essential to really regain that knowledge and that intimacy of what true friendship is. So the first virtue I want to hold up in terms of friendship is that of faithfulness, faithfulness, faithfulness. Friends are faithful. If we look to Jesus as the prime example of what it means to be friend, Jesus is faithful to us. Now we need to be clear about this. Jesus is not faithful to us because we're nice people or because we deserve his friendship. Jesus is faithful to us because he has made a promise, he has made a covenant to be faithful to us. He is keeping faithful to his own word. If you look at the, uh, the parable of the prodigal son, the prodigal left home, he did everything in his power to break friendship, if you will, with his father. When he returned, the father embraced the son, not because he was nice or good or decent, but because the Father is being faithful to his own word. Jesus is faithful in his friendship to us because of the covenant he has made to his own self. Now, what does that mean in terms of our faithfulness to God, to Christ Jesus? Well, it seems to me that at least what that means is that as we are faithful to Christ, as we are obedient to his word, life works better that when we are obedient, faithful to the Word of God, it simply works better. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but it works better. We were intended, we were created to be friends with Christ. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve walked in the cool of the garden with God. We are intended to be faithful to God, to be faithful to Christ. And how does that work at a horizontal level? There's just that faithfulness that we need to exhibit to other people. Uh, Carol spoke about it well this morning in, at the uh, Sunday School Hour. That, and we all know this. In every person's life, there are seasons to life. There are times when everything's going well, and there are times when things are going terrible. We need to remain faithful to our friends, not just when it's easy to be friendly, but through all the seasons of life as Jesus is always faithful to us. So the first characteristic virtue we need to talk about is faithfulness. 
The second one is remaining, remaining, remaining. Sometimes that's translated abiding. As I was reading the passage, I tried to kind of emphasize it. Did you hear how many times Jesus used the word remain? In 17 verses, he used that word remain 11 times. 11 times. You remain in me, I remain in you. Remain in my word, remain in his love, life becomes easier. Now, how does that tra- what does that mean in terms of Jesus' uh, abiding and remaining with us? We need to talk a little theology here. I know this is boring. Everybody hates theology, so drift away for a moment, and I'll tell you when I'm done, okay? The theology thing. How God remains with us. We can talk about grace. Grace is the kind of abiding presence of God. Now, we talk about grace in three different ways, theologically. There's prevenient grace. That means the grace that's always with us. You don't need to know about it, but if it wasn't there, like gravity, you don't need to know about it, but it's effective. It's working on you. If that prevenient grace wasn't there, the world would explode on itself. So there's that grace, that presence that's always there, prevenient grace. Saving grace is when we come to know the presence of our Lord. We come to know, in a, in a very intimate way, the uh, friendship of our Lord. That's when salvation happens. And then there's sanctifying grace. That's when we increase our holiness, that we increase our intimacy with Christ, that we become friends with Jesus. So Christ is always in a, in a loving and friendly relationship with us. Now we need to look at it the other way. How is our friendship with Christ? This is so important. I'm going to spend a moment on this one, okay? Still with me? You can come back now. That was the theology. So I got an email this week. What does it mean to remain in God's Word? And how important is that? I got an email this week. It's like sometimes they send me this junk so I can use it for illustrations. And I'll try to hide it a little bit. It was from a certain denomination and a certain denominational leader. I'm not going to tell you who, so don't ask. And the email said that this person had gone visited some churches in a certain denomination. And at the one church he visited, there was a banner as he left the church. And the banner said, it is a sin if worship is not fun. I closed my computer and I wept for about an hour. That's exaggeration. Fun, I thought, fun. That's the best you can do. That's the, how many times do you find the word fun in the New Testament? Where do we get this junk? And it, I know where we get this junk. Because we're not abiding in the Word, we are abiding in the culture, we're abiding in television or whatever, where fun becomes the highest virtue. How about it's a sin if worship is not holy, or sacred, or uplifting, or moving, or Christ-centered, or Bible-centered? Fun? Abide in me, remain in me, and I shall remain in you, and our primary friendship is remaining faithful to the Word of Christ. And how does that flow over horizontally? We remain friends. We are abiding friends through all the seasons that Carol talked about, through all the seasons of life, an abiding, remaining friendship. So, what virtues are we talking about for friendship? Faithfulness, remaining, abiding, remaining presence, intentionality, intentionality. That's the third one, intentionality. That 
there is something about a friendship that's intentional. It's not just, by the way. So look at Jesus' friendship toward us. In, in the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus did, didn't just say, oh, by the way, I think I'll leave here for a while and walk with those people. And then while he was walking with us, he didn't say, gee, these people are a mess. I guess I'll have to give my life for them. No, this wasn't accidental. This was planned from the foundation of the world, from before time began. This is intentional. God's friendship, intimacy with us. So what does it mean for our friendship with Jesus? How intentional is it? Is it just, by the way, when we can sneak in a few minutes? Or are we being intentional about abiding in his word? And how does that overflow? Are we friend through all the seasons of a person's life? Presence, patience, practicing friendship with other people. What does friendship mean? It means faithfulness. It means remaining. It means intentionality. Do you see where I'm going with this? It means elevating. That there's something about friendships that elevate us to a higher level. Now, when we look at Jesus, and he came to us, we're not elevating Jesus to a higher level. Well, maybe we did elevate Jesus. We lifted him up on the cross so that he would be dead and our sins would be on his body. That they laid him in the tomb and he was elevated, defeating death, defeating sin, so that we could participate in him. Christ condescended to be with us so that our lives might be elevated into the newness of life. So what does it mean with our relationship with Jesus? It means that as we participate more, as we abide, as we remain in the Word, our lives become more than what they were. They become elevated. And what does it mean in terms of our relationship with other people? How does it overflow? Well, what kind of people are you hanging around with primarily? Are these people dragging you down into lifestyles you should not be in? Or is your life elevated to more than who you are? And what is your life being in terms of friendship with others? Is your life elevating others to higher levels of faithfulness and obedience in the Lord Jesus Christ? So what does it mean to be friend? Faithfulness, remaining, intentionality, elevation, nourishment. That there is a way that we are fed by being friends with Jesus. Jesus uses this illustration. I am the vine, you are the branches. That there is a connection and intimacy which is dynamic. In other words, it's not static. There is a flow of the Spirit, a flow of sap, if you will, that we are nourished as we are connected to the friendship of our Lord Jesus Christ. What does it mean in our terms of our relationship with Christ? If you look at the Psalms, especially, but all of Scripture, you'll notice how many times the uh, metaphor or the illustration of nourishment is used, how we are fed. Uh, one of my favorite Psalms, long been one of my favorite Psalms, is Psalm 37, 36. Gee, I did this last time, too. Numbers in my head. If I was an accountant, the world would fall apart. <laughs> Psalm 36, 36, verse 7. 36, verse 7, and, and so it goes like this, if I can remember it all. Uh, I had to write notes. How priceless, how precious is your loving kindness, O God. Both high and low find refuge in the shadow of thy wings. Here's the nourishment part. 
you abundantly feed them in the fullness of your house. And there's such a string of words there, you can translate that all kinds of ways. You feed them fully, or you satisfy them abundantly in the fullness of your house. You give them, this is my favorite verse, you give them drink from the river of thy delights. For with you is the fountain of life, and in thy light do we see light. Notice the way we are nourished in the love and friendship of Jesus. And how does it work on a horizontal level? Are we nourishing friendships with others? Is our friendship with another person nourishing or depleting? Are we being fed in our friendship? Are we feeding others in terms of our relationship with others? Faithfulness, remaining, intentionality, elevation, nourishment, durability. There's something about the durability of friendship of Jesus. Jesus said this in this passage, you didn't choose me, I chose you. And you know what? When you get chosen by Jesus, you don't get cut. This is not a team where we're chosen, and that's a solid friendship. And therefore, in terms of our relationship with Jesus, we can give him our stuff. As we, weak and wounded and frail, we don't have to worry about offending. It's a durable, it's a solid friendship, and we can trust in him. And what does that do on a horizontal level? Are you durable? Are you that kind of friend? Do you have those kind of friends that can weather the ups and downs of life? You notice there was an acronym there, right? It was friend. But let me conclude. That means I'm done. In kind of spiritual preparation for this over the last couple of weeks, I, I changed my prayer language a little bit. So normally when I do my prayers, I kind of and, and probably a lot of you do this, I default into a prayer language where I pray to Lord Jesus. That's my typical language. So I say, Lord Jesus, and then I pray. But I thought, okay, for this week and a half or so, I'm going to change that language up a bit, and I'm going to pray to my divine friend. So every time I was praying, I, I thought about it, and, I, and by the way, next time Jim Jottings come out, this will be reflected in that. So I, I prayed, divine friend. And, and this is what I noticed, kind of unintentionally, uh, unexpected outcome. When I pray to Lord Jesus, I tend to want to be obedient because Lord means master. So I want to practice obedience, which is a very good thing. I'm not apologizing for that. But when I switched up the language and I prayed to my divine friend, I noticed that rather than obedience to the master, I didn't want to disappoint my dearest friend. And there's a shift in terms of how life was lived. I didn't want to disappoint the one who loves me most. And so I want to ask you this morning, I want to challenge you this morning. Do you have those people in your life that you are friend with? And even more importantly, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and is your dearest friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are our eternal friend. Stable, dependable, faithful, loving, true. We are weak and faltering, but as we return to you, as we open our wounded hearts to you, we are restored. We thank you 
we return this morning in thy name. Amen.